Welcome back to our podcast. Uh, this is the CRE Advantage. My name is Charles Williams. I am the managing member and owner of Pioneer Realty Capital. Uh, today we're going to continue a discussion that we had with regards to the capital stack. I'm happy to announce that we have a better drawing of a building. So uh, if you remember my last drawing, it didn't look too good, but uh, this one we try to do a little bit better. Um, so we're going we're gonna to jump uh, right into our discussion on the capital stack. And uh, many uh, have commented on um, one uh, liking this particular broadcast where we talk about the capital stack uh, and then two, uh, getting a little deeper uh, with discussions on internal rate of return and total cost of overall capital, how to properly price the uh, capital stack. Uh, so we're excited to do those episodes. So uh, certainly, uh, uh, per your request, uh, we are going to uh, uh, discuss those things in upcoming editions of our podcast. Now, you may recall that the last time we uh, started this discussion with regards to the capital stack, we talked about uh, sponsor equity. And of course, uh, in a way of review, sponsor equity is the uh, equity that the owners uh, or sponsors of the project are going to put into the transaction. Uh, so if we go back to our building here, if that building uh, is going to take $10 million to acquire or to construct, then um, we're uh, the sponsors are going to bring, let's say, $2 million to this project, uh, that would be their equity. Uh, so that would be our what we call the sponsor equity uh, on this transaction, the $2 million. Okay, and of course their capital is the first capital to go into any project. Uh, then we can layer on top uh, of that sponsor equity um, our debt. So uh, we can have mezzanine debt, which we talked about. Um, let's see here. Let's say in this particular project, uh, we had uh, senior debt of, let's just call it $7 million. That would be our senior debt. You can see that if the total project cost is $10 million, then you can see that there's a shortfall here of a roughly another um, $1 million. Now there are a couple ways that we can fill that gap. Uh, and last time that we had our discussion, we talked about filling this gap uh, potentially with mezzanine debt. And in this case, that'll be an additional $1 million to give us a total capital stack of $10 million. which matches the project value, okay? So today we're going we're gonna to kind of uh, continue our discussion by talking about other things that we can do to fill a potential gap. We talked about mezzanine debt. Uh, now let's talk about LP equity and preferred equity. So um, let's uh, kind of make this a little cleaner so that we can uh, talk about it and it, where it makes sense and it's, uh, the visual references are better. So uh, let's say that our project value is still $10 million. Um, and um, let's just say that our senior debt uh, on this transaction 
um, is going to be Uh, let's say that we're only able to get a 60% loan-to-value loan. Okay, so, uh, so that's the term, loan-to-value. If the value is $10 million, 60% of that $10 million would be $6 million, right? So, so that's our debt, okay? And um, there's equity required in any project. The sponsors have to put sponsor equity into this. Um, and let's say that on our sponsor equity, they're only able to come up with $2 million. Okay? So, so now we have a shortfall here of $4 million. $6 million plus the $2 million of sponsor equity does not equal the $10 million required. We need another $10 million, I mean $2 million, correct? So uh, we could come in with mezzanine debt, but um, sometimes you cannot use mezzanine debt on a transaction because the senior lender uh, may not allow it. Um, in order to secure a mez position, uh, on a transaction like this, you have to work out an agreement between the senior debt holder and the uh, mez lender, mezzanine debt lender. That agreement is called an intercreditor agreement. And so, uh, and there are certain legalities that have to be worked out between uh, the lenders in order to cure a default. Um, I may have a, uh, an addition on our podcast where we talk about the pros and the cons of a mezzanine financing uh, and certainly some gotchas and some things that you should look out for. But just because mezzanine debt is available in the market doesn't mean that you can apply mezzanine debt to each transaction. Uh, so what are your options? If you can't use mezzanine debt to fill that $2 million gap, then what other option do you have? Well, one option that you have uh, that looks a whole lot like mezzanine debt, in fact, it acts a whole lot like mezzanine debt, is preferred equity. Okay? So we call it PREF equity, the short name. So in this case, we could come in with PREF equity of $2 million. And that completes our capital stack. The $6 million of senior debt plus the $2 million of sponsor equity and then $2 million of PREF equity can give us our entire capital stack so that we can deliver that project. Now, but PREF equity can be expensive because it's very similar to MES debt. Um, it's going to collect a uh, preferred rate of return. That's why we call it PREF equity. Uh, and again, we can have a, a podcast where we just talk about PREF equity by itself and go into uh, how that's underwritten and, and what the returns on that look like. But we, it would pay a preferred rate of return and then once it achieves a certain, uh, uh, the project uh, reaches a certain target, then a promote 
is paid to the PREF equity holders, which could potentially make that equity portion very expensive uh, to the capital stack. And again, we can have a discussion just on preferred equity uh, to show you the various models of how a PREF equity deal is underwritten and how you might apply it to the project. So, so that's another piece of the capital stack that we could use to make this, uh, make this deal work. Now, some might ask the question, well, is it possible to use PREF equity and MES debt in the same transaction? Um, anything is possible, but it's highly unlikely because uh, these two forms of capital, the PREF equity and the mezzanine debt, are extremely expensive. And so when you apply those to a transaction, it could drive the overall cost of capital up to where this project no longer makes any sense. Um, the more money you're spending on debt and PREF equity, that means the less money is actually going to the sponsors. And I would imagine the sponsors are investing their money into this transaction to get a return. Uh, so they're going to want to maximize their return on their investment and, and by paying their money out in the way of mezzanine debt or paying in the way of pref uh, preferred equity uh, could make this project unattractive. Okay, so uh, is there something else we can do? Let's say that um, there's no preferred equity available for this project. You can't find an investor who wants to come in as preferred equity. Uh, well, what else can you do to, uh, to make sure you secure enough capital to deliver this project? Well, the other thing you can do is LP equity. And we talk in LP equity, it's very similar to sponsor equity, um, but it's LP equity. In other words, an LP stands for um, limited partner. So, uh, and so in this partnership arrangement, the sponsor would be the GP, a general partner in this transaction. Uh, that means they have the control rights. Uh, they make the decisions with regards to this project. Uh, and they also bear the responsibility, financial responsibility, uh, for the project. Uh, they carry more liability. Um, if you're a limited partner in this transaction, then it's a passive investment to you. Uh, so you're, you're just investing and you're, uh, you have a certain amount of returns from that project that are coming back to you. So you can use a limited partner here. Okay, uh, and it's not uncommon in a structure like this to have senior debt, or sponsor equity, senior debt, a limited partner, and you can uh, add, add a MES piece to that as well. Uh, we've seen that. Uh, again, it's a very expensive structure, uh, but we've seen that before and it does work. So now we've talked about uh, all of the, uh, the, the four or five most common uh, capital uh, instruments that are used to fill out a capital stack. Uh, so we have your senior debt, which is uh, that's the, the debt that holds the first lien position on that building. Uh, we have mezzanine debt. Now the, uh, the building is not collateralized uh, by, or this mezzanine debt is not collateralized by the building, but it's collateralized by 100% ownership of the entity that holds title to the, business, the building. That's where that collateral comes from. So just remember, your senior debt, the building is the collateral. Uh, with your mezzanine debt, the entity that holds title to that building, 
their uh, ownership shares that serves as the collateral for the mezzanine debt. Uh, you have your sponsor equity. That's the first capital that goes in from the sponsors of the project. If this is a partnership, the sponsor equity can also be called GP equity or general partner equity. Then you have LP equity. So again, in that partnership structure, you have your GP, which are your active investors. They have control rights over that project. And then you have your passive investors. Those are your limited partners who make an investment into that project. And then we finally, we have preferred equity. Uh, preferred equity is very similar to uh, mezzanine debt. Um, preferred equity is going to pay a pref, a preferred rate of return. Uh, so the cash flow uh, from that project is going to go to pay the senior debt first, and then it will go to return the money of that preferred equity investor first and pay him a preferred rate or pay him or her a preferred rate of return. Uh, and then once uh, certain targets are met, that preferred rate, that preferred investor uh, will uh, be paid a promote. Uh, they will gain a certain piece of the equity of that, that project uh, based on how that's structured. So that completes our discussion about the capital stack. Uh, perhaps I missed something uh, or I was not clear in, in stating uh, information about the capital stack. Uh, if so, please leave a comment and uh, I'll come back and try to clarify that or try to uh, make this uh, more sensible. But hopefully it's clear enough uh, that you understand how projects are financed. Uh, it's a combination of these things. Um, now, as we go further into our discussions uh, talking about the capital stack, we eventually want to talk about how these things are priced. Um, you might ask yourself, and the question's been asked to me, what's the most um, affordable uh, capital that can be, uh, that you might apply to a project? And of course, believe it or not, it's going to be your senior debt. Uh, it is, and so therefore, the more senior debt that you put on a project, uh, the uh, less your total cost of capital is going to be. Now, um, but you have to be careful because by leveraging up the project with too much senior debt, uh, you can uh, create unnecessary risk for your project. Uh, because if, if the market changes and, and market values uh, for your property uh, go down and you're over leveraged with senior debt, that could create a problem, uh, especially if you have to want to try to transition out of this deal. So you have to be very, very careful about using too much debt, but you also have to be very careful about using too little debt. Um, we, again, sponsor equity um, is the most, in general, equity is going to be the most expensive part of your uh, transaction. Um, and the reason why is because we price uh, sponsor equity based on opportunity cost. And so usually we measure that with a certain internal rate of return uh, target that we hit. Uh, so whenever you invest those dollars out of sponsor equity into a project, that means those dollars can't be used for other projects. And uh, if those other projects are, uh, have the potential of paying a higher rate of return, then that means that you're losing money by tying up too many dollars on this particular investment. Uh, so that's why it's very important uh, to understand what your return targets are for the sponsor equity 
and properly calculate the impact of that cost of capital in the overall uh, cost of your, your project here. Limited partner equity is the same thing. Again, we're going to measure that with opportunity costs. We're going to target a certain internal rate of return. Uh, preferred uh, equity uh, is kind of a combination of the debt uh, and equity pricing because uh, we're going to pay a, uh, the project's going to pay a PREF, a preferred rate of return, some maybe between uh, 6 and 8%, in some cases, 6 and 10% would be the preferred rate of return, uh, but there's a promote that's paid. So there's going to be kind of an equity kicker, if you will, uh, on this uh, preferred, uh, 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 preferred rate capital. Uh, so again, uh, you know, we can kind of uh, create some examples where we price, uh, price a project uh, and then we can calculate what that average cost of capital would be on a project like this. Uh, and that's our goal to come back with you and, and talk about it in another episode of how we would uh, price out the capital stack. Uh, but again, if you have any questions, uh, please add those in the comments below. And uh, otherwise, we certainly look forward to uh, sharing information with you next time about our show. Please like this episode. If you do like it, please uh, sign up, become a member of our podcast, uh, and then certainly share this with uh, people you think might benefit. Uh, with that being said, you guys have a good day, good evening, depending on where you are.